What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Gifted Gab. It's your boy, Alex Eskandarka, and we're here for another episode of 1K Convos, and this is a good one. Uh, got a special guest, my man Omid. He goes by the name Cassius when he's spitting bars. You know, he's a rapper, but he's also the host of the Second Floor Podcast, uh, which uh, I had the chance to be featured on, so look out for that episode over at Second Floor. And he also has his own media company called Q Films. Uh, you know, so we talk about content creating and, and, and we stuck more with the with the rap side of things this episode and music and and things along that line. But, you know, he's a really smart guy. He's driven. He's one of the guys that make, you know, makes Edmonton go. And I think it's, this was a really insightful episode. Let me know what you guys thought about it. And uh, with no further ado. Cassius 1K Convos on the Gifted Gab. You are now tuned in to the Gifted Gab. Combining it with like the the art direction, it yeah. becomes a completely. It's not a podcast anymore. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So when I look at like Letterman, um, even like Larry King, Rich uh, Howard Stern, yeah, you know all these guys, yeah, they took talk shows to another level. But it wasn't from. It was obviously it was the content. Yeah, but it was also the direction of the art and how their the presentation was and all that stuff. Yeah, you know? so. It it, it, it it becomes like it's it's funny how he adapted too, right? Like he went from doing it um on T V and then decided to make his own Netflix. Like he's been doing it for so many de- like he's been doing it for a number of decades and then mm-hmm. he was like, Okay, I'm a I'm gonna take this to the next level or mm-hmm. like I'm gonna take it to a different direction and go on Netflix and then start doing backstories, like going to these guest houses and like really digging deep into the person's story, which is super cool. Um yeah, I truly believe like when you get to a certain point in any craft, the the walls just completely fall. Mm. You know, you can really take it to a completely different level to to places nobody's ever seen it before because you've accumulated so many reps that you're seeing everything from like a bird's eye view. So yeah. it's it's not like you can you can test this with music with rap. It's not like the first time when you're getting in there and you're like, okay, I gotta do. Here's my two verses. Here's my hook. It's not like that anymore. It's more so like it's it's second nature. So you can kind of, as you go with just whatever comes naturally, intuitively to you, you just. Yeah. 100%, man. I think, you know, at, at the beginning of everything, it's it's more of like an apprenticeship phase, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're looking at every single detail, you know, for example, like the piano is a perfect example, right? Like first off you start, your fingers aren't used to the keys. You don't know what keys are what. You don't know how to place your hand. Every note counts for you, your fingers and that. And then once you get to a point where, you know, it's called the active phase. And the active phase is where it's like, oh, okay, like you got the foundation down and now you're just, you're playing it now. You got yeah. it. It's starting to get, you're gaining your confidence. And then you get to a point of, it's called the creative active phase and the mm-hmm. creative active phase is now, you know, the foundation, you have a good solid structure and now you're trying to get into 
creative, like trying to be creative. Now you start making your own tunes mm-hmm. and you start like messing around with the foundation a little bit. Might not go with, you know, book by book of what you've re- read or trained on. And then you get to a point of mastery. And then that's when you're just like, like you said, a bird's eye view. You look at everything, you understand everything. You're not even worried about where your fingers are. It's you're just like breathing. It. Yeah. And now you like now you can fine tune it. Second nature, man. Yeah. So how is like how is uh because you have your own business. Yeah. And then you do music. Yeah. So how do they tie into each other? Is there ever times where you're taking stuff from the business side and applying it to the music side or vice versa? Like how do Yeah, absolutely, man. Um I take like the structure of business into the creative outlets that I do. So when you know, as a business, you have to have certain targets, you have to have certain, you know, things that come out at the end of each month. Mm-hmm. You know, numbers have to be, you got to hit numbers, you got to hit goals. Um, you got to make sure your, you know, customer service is on point. Um, so with the creative side of things, like with music and, you know, other stuff that I do, I try to structure it the same way where I know like a lot of artists, they don't do that because Mm -hmm. it's more like i want to be free flowing yeah which i you have to have a certain amount of like just you know yeah and you you have to be there has to be a certain amount of like okay you got to let yourself free and you got to like understand like allowing to be creative but then if you want to reach certain things and do certain things in the creative space or make it full-time in 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 whatever creative outlet you have to have some sort of structure and do the boring stuff the boring stuff is yeah. very, very important. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. why? Like, when did you get into rap? Um, very early on. Like, I mean, two th- uh, two thousand seven, two thousand eight mm-hmm. was when I first got into it. That's over a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, it wasn't like I got into it thinking I was going to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was more like I had some friends. I was playing basketball in high school. And then after school, I had a couple of the homies were like, oh, come to Marcus's house. Shout out to Marcus. Go Come to Marcus's house. We're going to just like spit some bars in his basement mm-hmm. studio. And so we would, I would, I would go down there. I wouldn't spit. I was like, nah, this ain't for me. This isn't what I do. I think, I, I think a lot of guys have that same experience. Like yeah. After, you know, after school, after practice, you just kicking it with the homies. Yeah. You guys are there freestyling, writing, whatever. You yeah. Know, and you're around like, it. I was around it and I was like, oh, okay, this is dope. Like it's, it's fun. Like I, I like to see like behind the scenes of what, how a rap song is actually created. And then one day, um, one of the guys, his name's Mike, who actually runs resonate music okay. school and studio here in Edmonton. He took music to a whole different level. Um, he was like, yo, like Omid, just get on the mic. And I was like, ah, no, I, I don't do that. And he was like, no, 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 like rap, like, uh, what's your favorite song right now? And I was like, it's She Will by Lil Wayne and Drake mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like the most <laughs> popping song at the time. And he's like, okay, why don't you like spit that? We'll put the lyrics on a laptop, get on the mic. And I was like, oh, all right. Ended up doing it. And then like he was mixing my, my, my vocals. And I was like, yo, this was, this was fun. Mm-hmm. Like this was a lot of fun. Like I enjoyed it. And then that triggered me going to a J. Cole concert at the time. And J. Cole was doing a Shaw Conference. And it was only 1,500 people. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, right in the front. And, like, I just saw, like, everybody just, all the all the kids were just, you know, singing and rapping every lyric. And he was just, like, he was just, he was in control of, like, 
set so much like power he had the in room. the moment. He had the room. He had the room. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is then I started in my head, I was like, I could maybe try this rap stuff. This is kinda cool. Like mm. I think I think I wanna try it. Let me see what I do with it. So I started writing, started getting my syllables down, started just every every week I was just like, Okay, like I'm not gonna share this with anyone. I'm gonna just do it and I wanna see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably two years into that process, I was like, okay, I have a basic foundation of like verses and how to like r- structure my songs. Okay, let's go, let's go, um, record. Mm-hmm. And so I recorded my first song, paid way too much money for it. I paid 600 bucks for Holy. it, Holy! but I made it custom, custom beat, custom, oh, like okay. I had from the scratch. producer from scratch, from scratch. That's, that's not bad. Uh, I was like, okay, I'll, if I'm going to make my first song, it has to be lyrical. It has to be catchy. It has to be audio quality, has to be good, mm-hmm. all that. What year was this? Oh, man. Uh, World Injustice was my first song. That that was 2013. Okay. Twenty Eight years ago. 2013, yeah. 2013. So then 2013, that's when I, and then I dropped the music video that same year. And it got a great response. I mean, at the time, it was it was good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? For me, it was good. It was like, whoa, this is like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to continue doing this through university. So you were in college, writing? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where I fell into, like, the whole YouTube started to blow up. Like, at the time, there were YouTubers and, like, Mm -hmm. pranksters on YouTube. That's when it was really, like, starting to pop. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like, YouTube, this is dope. I like videos, and, like, I can't afford to pay, uh, like, a video guy to come shoot my music videos or any of my creative stuff. Let me, let me grab a camera. How hard can this be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when, that's when the filmmaking stuff started coming into play. People were asking me to do videos for them. I had a camera and it was a dinky DSLR from Best Buy or Future Shop at the time. And then people were like, I'll throw you 50 bucks. Come shoot my, my kids, uh, my kids, uh, birthday party. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, cool. So part-time I was working, but then part-time I was side hustling, shooting other people's videos, shooting my own videos. I started getting into like pranks and like doing all this like creative stuff. I was really exploring it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yo, like this video stuff is fun and I can I can make some money off it. And, and then it just got, I just started challenging myself every year. Okay, do something bigger. Okay, let's try a TV show. Okay, try the TV show. It failed. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's try weddings. Never done a wedding. And this is crazy because I don't want to ruin somebody's wedding. Like, <laughs> film it. This is, you have to be on. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. They're, yeah. they're going to pay you money and they're, they're going to pay you good money. Oh, yeah. And, you're not, and you can't fuck it up. And, like, I, I thought I knew what I was doing. You know, I was like, I was in it and I was like, yo, like, I can do it, no problem. And in my back of my head, I'm like, you can't fuck this up. <laughs> this, this only happens once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and then got through that, and then just kept, same thing with the music, just started challenging myself to get out of my realm of, like, comfortability, mm. see where I could go with it. But it was fun. It's so, fun, yeah. That's that's the secret right there is, yeah. is constantly, like, here's the box, the comfort zone. It's like constantly just stepping outside of the comfort zone. And then when the box gets bigger, step outside of it again. Yeah. Keep trying to step outside of it. And now you've got your own you know media agency yeah you know you got your own podcast yeah you're still rapping still rapping you know i love it man like this it's not work for me like i don't i don't see it as 
as work. And I'm sure you're the same way when you do, you know, the gift of gab episodes, the other creative outlets that you're, that you're, that you're going after. It's not work. It's, it's fun. And the challenge is also fun. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, like I've done this. Now let's try this. I heard, uh, I heard Kevin Hart say, describe it as like a video game. Mm. You know, it's, you're trying to like, you're trying to get to the next level. Yeah. So you're constantly just like, you have to accumulate points. You have to accumulate the the XP. Yeah. You know, the only way you accumulate the XP is by just experimenting, doing new things, trying new things. And after a certain amount of points, you're at the next level. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Life is, life is that. And it's easy, it's easy, it's easy to just stay on at one level and be like, oh, okay. Like I made it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I, and I, I look at it, I exactly look at it that way. Like right now I'm at a certain level with everything I'm doing, but you know, you could, you could do more. There's another level to this. So it's how far you want to push it. You know what I mean? Like how far do you want to get into the game? Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Like other, like there's so many people that stay at certain levels and that's fine. That's fine. If you want to do that. But it's like the fun for me is like, okay, I got this done. What can I, what else can I do? Mm -hmm. Like at a certain point, I, I got to a point brother where it was like, I can't believe, like, I can't believe I shot a Super Bowl commercial. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I performed in front of a thousand people. Mm -hmm. What? Me? Who am I? I'm I'm (laughs) I'm nobody. I'm nobody, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, let's do it for 5,000 people. Let's do more. Let's let's get into maybe doing a documentary. Let's do one. Now it's like there's no, like, loss of, like, confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Like, that's not, I can start a business. Why not? Because you have the small wins, right? The small wins. The small wins make all the difference. You rack up all the small wins, that does a lot of reinforcing your your confidence. Yeah. Right? And the problem is we always see everything as, oh, that's so daunting. Oh, a Super Bowl. If if I was like, I want to do Super Bowl commercial, that's so daunting. It is. <laughs> but it is. what are the things that led you up to that Super Bowl commercial? Yeah. That's what counts. Because yeah. those are the things that give you the confidence to say, uh, okay, yeah, next is a Super Bowl. Commercial. And even I'll, I'll I'll be honest. Even with the like with that commercial, it was I was scared shitless. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna front and say, oh, I was like super confident. I was, I actually, there was a certain point where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I told the team, and I was like, I don't know, guys. Like, there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of money involved here, and like, you're putting it on my shoulders to execute this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is thing. And then, you know, shout out to the team at the time. You know, they were like, yo, like you got this. Like, why don't second guess? We're yeah. here. Like, we can figure it out. We don't know what to do. Right, we mm-hmm. don't know exactly what is the, what's the process of making a commercial like that. Mm-hmm. What is that? I don't know. I didn't go to school for that, but we'll figure it out. Like, what do we need? Just figure out what you need and just start problem solving and start executing one thing at a time. One thing at a time, and then you start chipping away at the layers, and all of a sudden, you've manifested what is what you call a Super Bowl commercial. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 the yeah. steps. It's it's just basically one foot in front of the other. Yeah, you know, and I know that. You studied sciences in university, yeah. so and you're not working in your field. <laughs> not at all. Not at all, man. You know, so obviously you were able to learn some things. Some things must apply that you got from school into what you're doing now. What, yeah. what are those things? Uh, just discipline. I think school taught me a, you know, a shit ton of discipline, stuff that you don't want to do. I didn't want to, like, there were, there were so many, I mean, every, every student knows this, you know, going through labs, going through five classes, showing up at seven in the morning for a class 
with a prof that can hardly speak English. Oh, oh boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everyone knows that you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You want to sleep in, you want to do those things. But, um, uh, it, it also taught me like you're going into something that you don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's the same, like school was the same way. You don't know. Okay. You take bio, biochem 200. You don't know what is required in that class. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You're walking in there because you, th- you, you need it. Yeah, you do need it. Yeah. You need it to get a science degree, right? Mm-hmm. You need it to, to pass. You need it to check off that list. It's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in life. Right? Whatever you want to do, it's like, okay, I have a checklist of things I need to get done. Now I have to go through it and do it. Same thing with the commercial. Same thing with rap. There's all these checklists of like A, a B, C, D. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to do B to, you know, B to J. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. But when you do it, you get it done now you got it done and now it's like okay on to the next thing Mm -hmm. so i think school taught me that in terms of like entrepreneurship and stuff it didn't teach me any of that like and i feel like that's lacking in in our education is like teaching people basic skills of money teaching Mm -hmm. people basic skills of you know understanding you know workplace work environment you know when i was in school i was like okay the only way to get out of this after you get go is go to get a job Mm -hmm. you know this is teaching me to go into my field and do some research or, or go into the next thing. Mm. But when I got out and I started working and I started, you know, understanding my experience through business, it was like, Oh, like I don't have to get a job. I can make my own money, but how do you do that? Okay. Understanding structure. Okay. Make your own, um, what, what are those things called? Syllabuses. Yeah. You know, the syllabus, every time you go into a new class, prof gives you, okay, syllabus, boom, 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 boom. This is what, this is what is, this is the class this is what you do. You create your own syllabus in business. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Business plan, so, man. You gotta yeah. run with it. You gotta run with the plan and you stick to the script. Yeah. And that's another thing that school doesn't really teach you is that yeah. sometimes the first plan doesn't work. You 100. Know, sometimes 100%. what you had written out and said, okay, this is how we're going to get it done. It's not linear. It's like a lot of going here and going there and, you know, all trying this out. This didn't work. School doesn't prepare you for that. 100%. But you figured it out. And now, you know, looking back, did you expect to see yourself when you were in school, seeing yourself in this position you're in now? Um, not, no, not really. I think in school, the idea was to go into optometry after. Mm-hmm. So I was planning to go study and be a, an eye doctor. You know what I mean? That was the idea. Um, but in my, it, like my intuition and my heart was telling me that, you're only going to do this because, you know, you have this degree, mm-hmm. the parents, parents are pressuring you to get a decent job, all these external factors. And I did the same thing with playing ball early mm-hmm. on. I feel like I, I feel like I didn't put my all into playing basketball early on mm-hmm. in my, you know, in university and high school, I did push, but I didn't, I didn't push it where I thought I could. And the reason was, was those external factors of parents saying, you know, no, you got to go to, you know, University of, of Alberta. Hmm. So-and-so's, so-and-so's son is in University of Alberta. Why aren't you there? Mm-hmm. Why are you at Concordia? Concordia is like a high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like a high school. It is. No, it 100% <laughs> yeah, is. It was, yeah. I heard my, when, I, when I went to Concordia, brother, every single day, every time I would come home from school, my, my dad would be like, oh, how was high school again? Like, because he, he, he would see that, okay, my son isn't good enough to get into this other prestigious school. In his mind, he thought that that was a pre- like mm-hmm. U of A was the end all be all. You know what I mean? And I credit my dad for lighting a fire 
under my ass mm-hmm. because I did it at the time. It was childish anger. It was, I want to prove my dad wrong. But in reality, it pushed me to that next level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now got into U of A. I'm in a great program. I gave up my dream of being a basketball player or playing, playing basketball, but it taught me to go through shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then that was, was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, sure. Maybe his outlook on school wasn't right, but in order to get to certain levels, it was like, oh, okay. I got to U of A. Like, I'm not a dumbass. Like I can get in and I got a science degree now. Oh, okay. I started a little business making a little bit of change. Okay. I did some rapping. I made some music videos. Oh, okay. Right. And then it was constantly, constantly. Now my checklist started getting bigger and bigger. And I was like, oh, okay. I can, you just build this snowball to a point where it's like, okay, what next? What, what do I want to do next? You know, what are your parents' opinions about what you're doing now? Um, they're good with it now mm-hmm. just because, you know, um, I had to show my, my dad, my office, I had to show him what I was doing from an outside looking in immigrant parents. They don't know what you're doing, especially with this video stuff mm-hmm. or any of this creative stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, what is going on? Yeah. You're a black sheep. Look mm-hmm. at all these people doing this. Look at the family doing this and you're going off shooting videos. What? Mm-hmm. Why'd you go to school? Dad will always tell me that. Then when I bought my place, I started my business. I showed the office. I showed like the team. Like I, I started showcasing like, dad, this is a, like a real thing. Mm-hmm. This isn't just me dreaming about certain things. Like I'm making shit happen. Mm-hmm. Then he calmed down. Then he was like, oh, okay. Like he's actually making money. Okay, cool. Sweet. I'm gonna let off, <laughs> you know, but it took, a, it took a lot of time mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy. It wasn't, it wasn't easy, especially living with my parents. Cause I would hear it every day. It came full circle. I mean, you didn't go to school. I mean, you didn't do the whole optometry thing, but you showed vision. I mean, (laughs) you know, like... Bars, bro. (laughs) You showed that, you know, you had a place that you wanted to go, you know, and you had your own vehicle to get there. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes I can can attest to the culture and, you know, the pressure to go to school and do it that way and get a good job. And even sometimes, you know, mom tells me sometimes, like, you know, don't you want to get a job and do what you were doing? I said, mom, like, why? Yeah. Making money. Yeah. Doing what I want to do, mm. you know? And the key was never getting this job to, like, the job doesn't fix anything. And most of the people you hear about having mental breakdowns and, you know, the, 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 the depression and stuff like that is because they didn't do anything to f- do. They didn't do what they wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't do what they, what, what fuels them, what gives them purpose. And then, you know, you're 40 and 40 is not too late. No. But it's like, what did you do with the other 20 years of your life? You were yeah. listening to other people, right? Yeah. It's tough right now, especially with, you know, pandemic and all that stuff going on. Uh, mental health is a big conversation we've been having. I think we've been having it for the last half decade Yeah. now. But how has the pandemic kind of, fueled your growth or even your vision uh it's given me time kind of like yourself brother it it's given me time to look and reflect um instead of like the daily go 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 um and it just shows like a lot of people and a lot of businesses are adapting and they're forced to adapt and that's one thing is like when you start the pandemic has given people some space from the regular nine to five. Now they're working at home. 
they got a little bit of time, they can spend more time with their kids, they can do certain things, but now it takes you a step back from the, the regular grind, um, and it's like, oh, okay, like, you know, my, our businesses aren't doing very well, or like, we have to change, we have to pivot, and change is tough for people. Like, mm. people don't wanna change, and businesses don't wanna change, but this is a perfect opportunity in the midst of all this chaos mm -hmm. to create something, to do other things, to start that online business, to start your music, to, you know, gives you that time and, and energy to, to figure things out. And I think for me, it's just given me time to step back from, okay, it's 2021 now, where do I want to take everything that's going on? Like, do I, do I, like, I even ask myself, do I want even want to stay in Edmonton? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I've plateaued here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I need to go somewhere to take it to the next level, do projects beyond my capabilities, be part of a crew beyond my capabilities to even expand my further growth. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and I just feel like it's like, okay, now you can step back and look and see, you know, where you want to take things and how you want to do things and it's given some of, some, some of that breathing space. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You made an interesting point there. You made a point there about thinking about leaving Edmonton. Yeah. Do you feel that it's because you've maximized everything as, as, as much as you could here? Like you've maxed out? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I've built a good network here. Um, I've, I've built a great, you know, inner circle, um, I've pushed my business to, I feel like it's limits. Um, uh, rapping wise, you know, I do those things. I, I, I write all the time and I feel like, you know, I've been doing the same thing over the last four or five years, right? So it's like, maybe is it time to, you know, I've had some other opinions from other filmmakers and a lot of the filmmakers say they've gone out to, you know, California, uh, Toronto, uh, Vancouver to get gigs. Cause there's more, there's more opportunity. There's more opportunity for, to get jobs out there mm -hmm. in terms of filmmaking and, and, and whatnot. Um, and you, and you work with bigger projects cause head offices are there. Yep, absolutely. You know what I mean? So, um, I feel like I have, um, I feel like I can still do more. Like there's always, like you can always do more like personally, but, um, in terms of like maybe, other opportunities that I don't see, um, I feel like maybe it would be good to go for a period of time just to check it out, mm. see what's going on other places and, and see, you know, be aware of those opportunities. You know what I mean? It's mm. easy to just run and gun and do what you do on a day to day. Mm -hmm. um, but the beauty about my business is, is that it's uh, it could be anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. That's know? the beauty. Yeah. That, and that's kind of the new age of, of creating in businesses that you don't necessarily have to be in the hot zone yeah you know you don't have to be in la to be a filmmaker you yeah. don't have to be in new york to be a hip-hop artist you know so with that being said yeah do you feel like you need to move for music as well or do you feel like music you can still um you know i feel like i mean this day and age anyone can blow up anywhere Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so on the music side of things, I think no, but I feel like, again, being around other creators and being around other people in your realm of things just puts a fire under your ass too. 
right? Like if you see everyone doing podcasts mm-hmm. or not everyone, maybe a lot, like you'll see a lot of people in LA or like other YouTubers oh, yeah. and people that do it. You're probably going to stay a lot more focused and a lot more motivated because you're going to look at the other podcasts and be like, yo, this guy's dropping once a week. I'm going to do once every three days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm going to do three days a week. Mm-hmm. And the three days a week turns into every day. And like you look at that, like you get motivated when you're in your industry. Yeah. Iron you know? sharpens iron. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, like here I'm self-driven. I'm self-motivated and I'm taking inspiration from my inner circle and guys such as yourself and like people that are in the creative space be like, oh, this is dope. This guy's doing this. Oh, that's sick, man. I'm happy for him. Oh, he got this opportunity. He did this commercial or he did that. Oh, that's dope. He brought on this person. Oh, okay, dope. Like, dope. Okay, now I got to, you know, I got to push myself to try and get to maybe that level or collaborate with this person, collaborate that. But when you don't see those things, it's easy to be like, I could easily look and be like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're like, I'm, I'm the dopest artist in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. But how do I know that? How do you know? What's the me- what's the metric? What's the metric? Yeah. You know, what's the what's the metric of just being in Edmonton and be like, yeah, I'm, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. And who, who are you looking at? Even in your inner circle, you look yeah. at and be like, oh, yeah, I might be one of the hardest workers in my inner circle. Small but circle, what, if yeah. small, what if your circle is quote unquote lazy? Yeah. You could be at, you could, sorry, you could be at the top of that uh, pyramid, if you will, or mm-hmm. the top in that circle. But then you're basically, you have tunnel vision on what you're doing so mm-hmm. i don't know i see it that way not mm-hmm. that not that i'm not that i'm saying that you can't be successful here not that i'm saying you can't build a good career here um there's more and more uh, as the years go on i feel like more and more people are accepting you know the creative works um but um i feel like for a period of time i think i potentially might just go and check it out why not i mean yeah do while you're young do while you're not rooted necessarily yeah. you know like it's hard to do that at 40, 45. Yeah. You know, it's it's difficult to pick up, especially if you have a family, if you got kids that go to school, you know what I'm saying? Now is the time where you can experiment and there's a low opportunity cost mm-hmm. associated with it, you know? But I was going to ask you, in terms of music, you yeah. know, when you're creating and you're writing, you have your inspirations, but there's also your competition, you know? What do you see in the current state of hip hop that fuels you, drives you to be better? And what do you see that's like, this is not helping the game? Because mm. I have a lot of I have a lot of opinions of hip hop. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, um, okay, let's start off with, uh, you know, what, what I see that's inspiring. I see, I see a little bit of like boom bap coming back, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, and I love that because that really gets me going. Um, I see some lyricists coming out and starting to rap on like trap, mm. you know, actually rap. And you're like, Oh, like this isn't all just moaning and, and mumbling. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> you got some bars on this. Like yeah. you got some guys that are trap rappers yeah. and they're, they're actually dope spitters. Yeah. Like they're, they're spitting. Um, but, um, and then there's guys like, for example, uh, Joyner Lucas, mm. you know, like came out of nowhere. The last couple of years and his video like his, his video videos games, are crazy elite like whoa yeah. the concepts, the concepts, yeah the yeah. concepts are like out of this world and it's mm-hmm. like yo that is that's a different way of doing or making it you know what i mean and he's like okay you know each video is going to be like crazy 
You know mm. what I mean? It's like, oh, I mean, his raps are good, but then he differentiated himself by creating videos. And even he says in an interview, he's like, I would make the concept of the video first before mm. I would rap. So I would rap about the concept. So he would make the concept of the video first and be like, oh, that would be probably like a viral video or like something that really would connect with people. And then I would rap about it. Reverse engineering. Yeah. So it was like, oh, that's dope. And then a guy like Russ, like completely mm-hmm. being independent, mm-hmm. um, singing and rapping, um, completely, you know, owning his own work. And he says in and he says in other interviews, he's like, you know, I, I didn't know anybody, so I had to produce, I had to mix and master my stuff. And it's just like, whoa, like he came out of nowhere as well. So I think I love seeing young guy like young rappers, guys that are really doing and like staying in their own lane and just doing it mm-hmm. you know and they might not be the face of hip-hop no but they right? do it but they do it yeah. right? at, a, at a very 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 respectable level yeah. yeah and it's like yeah they might not have collaborated with like a jay-z or a drake or you know kanye or anything like that but they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month just based on their own catalog and that's inspiring mm-hmm. um on the flip side what's hurting the game um i think Man, I don't, I don't really, I don't really look at, I think, I think there's a lot of, um, fake beef, if you will, Mm. that, that, that hurts, that hurts the game. Mm -hmm. I feel like people just take shots at people just for the, just for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, that's been happening since the nineties, but, um, there's like real beef and then there's like the, you know, whatever, like, let's just, the music beef of like, let's just get some clout. Um, you know, yeah, and I think honestly, man, I think you need both. You know, you need the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, what do you? What about you? What do you think? The gimmicks, man. I think a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of, in, in hip hop. You talk about boom bap, and you talk about the the beef, the hip hop beefs. It's a part of hip hop, but it's a part of hip hop when it's genuine and it's like okay. You know, we're going back and forth and we leave it at that. But yeah. then there's a lot of people who just spark beef for no reason, mm. you know, and, and it's a, they make a mockery out of real life situations that are not involved in music. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people think it's a game. Uh, so I, I have a, I don't, I have a near experience with it and I don't like the connotation of it. And then also just the the gimmicky um, oversaturation of people that just walk into the booth and say, I want to rap. <laughs> yeah, Be- there's a lot of that. A lot of it, yeah. you know, because music is a form of art. Art is a form of expression. Expression isn't just somebody getting on a mic and saying what they want to say. I don't care who you are. I don't care what platform you created for yourself. This isn't Twitter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's a, like you were saying, a structure to music. You know, there's a theory approach to music. When you say, oh, I'm, I like boom bap, off the rip, you've you've already established that, yo, there's an inspiration, there's a theoretical approach to this thing that I'm doing, and here's my inspirations. Oftentimes, a lot of guys just, you know, maybe they have a lifestyle, they walk in a booth, and they want to talk about their their story, which is cool. Yeah. But there needs to be a foundation. There needs to be some inspiration from outside of yourself. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah. And I feel like uh, the the whole thing of, you know, drugs and stuff like that, you mm. know, a lot of that's been, I mean, it's it's been wrapped about for years. But I feel like that hurts because, you know, as a young kid growing up, you listen to that and you think that that's the right way to do things or maybe, you know, fit in. I got to take, you know, Xanax. I got to, you know, you know, pop a Molly, like mm. all that stuff. Like it's it's been... And I feel like that hurts, like from not not from a music perspective, but from an actual impact to mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, what if we had the reverse? You know, when Nas would spit about, you know, going to school and doing those things, and like Nas was one of the biggest rappers at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, imagine that impact of him rapping about school and like certain things. You're gonna look at them and be like, yo, you know, Nas said this. Mm -hmm. Kids are gonna be like, yo, Nas said that. But now people will look at, you know, some trap rappers. Uh, and it's like, oh no, that's the way, mm -hmm. you know, I, to, to, to be cool and to, to, you know, talk about how depressing my life is and cutting myself and, and doing, you know, X, Y, Z drug. And it's like, that isn't cool. Like that, imagine a kid listening to that and being like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like my, the guy that I idol is doing this, so I'm going to do it, mm -hmm. you know, because he's doing it because they do. And you don't see those things. Those stories don't come out. They don't come out. No. When a kid dies from overdose of drugs, you don't know why he why he did that but i'm guarantee you some of the music that he's listening to has influenced that mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's so. and that's where you got to draw a line in the sand because i i like art and i can appreciate people's expression when it comes from pain mm. but it doesn't reflect in the way like you just mentioned it they don't really discuss maybe the weekend discusses the drugs and all that stuff which is fine if that's all you know mm. but it's not there's a, a fine line between your experience and glorification a very very fine line some of the greatest artists that we've seen i was i was listening to uh on the way here i was listening to pink floyd mm. and you read about pink floyd and you know their their writers and the, the the lead guitarists and stuff they were heavy drug users you know but the art didn't reflect the drug usage or the the madness the art reflected something much more beautiful than that same thing with the weekend same thing with kanye west same thing with uh i don't know who else who else can we like, talk about that like there's a real sick but creative genius that comes out of pain yeah but it doesn't come from the glorification of correct yeah and i don't mind like that's the thing is like i don't mind if you speak about you know rap about or sing about you know, drugs or whatever the case may be. If you're painting a picture, you're painting a story. Mm -hmm. But when you say, you know, I pop this and I do this and, you know, I got this and I, you know, then it's like, like you're glorifying it and now you're making it okay. Mm -hmm. So that when that kid listens to it and he listens to that lyric, he will, he will, no matter what world he lives in, he's going to be like, yo, that's the guy I look up to. A lot of kids look up to musicians and artists and rappers and things like that. So if they're doing it, I want to be cool. I want to emulate my idol. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, you're going to, you're going to do things that are going to hurt you. Um, and some do it and it's too late and they, you know, you know, they pass away and things like that. And that's what, that's what it's like. You don't know when you get onto a mic, you don't know what your impact is. Mm -hmm. It could be huge. Yeah. I'll I tell you, I even with like even with my small audience and people that, you know, mess with my music, I will get messages from people from high school 
that I haven't talked to in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, bro, I just want to tell you, like, your, your stuff is amazing. I've been watching your stuff for years. I've been listening to you. Keep it up. Powerful. And it's like, what? I don't, you don't ever like any of my stuff. You don't comment on anything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you're listening to this or not. You never know who's listening. And, 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 they, and there's people that do. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine a guy that's made it. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's listening. Never know. So, yeah. Yeah. So who's, uh, let's give you a top five all time. Oh, doc. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about this before. Yeah. Oh, man, that's tough. I don't. I had to put <sighs> you on the spot, though. Um, J. Cole. Okay. Um, no order, I have a biased, no I have a biased opinion with Cole. I think he's an absolute storyteller, like a crazy storyteller. Um, got to put him on that list. Um, this is in, uh, by no the order, way, no, no order, order. No order. Uh, it's a lot of pressure. Jay-Z. Okay. Uh, Tupac. Oh man, um, there's so many, bro. There's, there's a lot, so man. many that that could get the top five. Um, I'll say M, Eminem. I'm gonna put Eminem up there. I think uh, just from different realms of hip hop. And then my fifth. Um, I'm gonna put Kanye there. Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna put Kanye there. It's a good pick. Yeah, now this could change in a year. So <laughs> I got like it I could got change like, by tomorrow. It could change by tomorrow. I got 20 other uh, rappers. So anyone listening to this, if they're offended that their favorite rapper isn't on that list, trust me, I've been going. I was just going through a quick memory of all the rappers that I think are incredible. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a solid list. But I, I yeah. see one common theme. Yeah. In that list. Yeah. Uh, lyricism message. Yeah. That's the that's the the theme. And that's what I'm that's what I vibe with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's my thing, mm-hmm. right? And I know there's again there's different realms of hip hop. There's different artists in hip hop. So, and I feel like it's subjective. So it is subjective at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. If you had one album that you can listen to for the rest of your life, what album is it? Oh damn, bro! You're really bringing <laughs> on the questions today. Um, one album. Oh man! Rest of my life, I can't listen to anything else. Nothing else. Apple Music has crashed. Spotify has gone out of business. Oh damn! Title has been wiped off the face of the earth. You just can take one CD with you, and you got to buy a Walkman off Kijiji. You get one CD in that bitch. Oh man! You know what? I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Um, the Incredible True Story by Logic. Oh okay. That's that's the one, one album. Wow. Yeah. The last album on the earth, that's the one, eh? That's the one. Um I mean, there are other ones that I'd probably I mean, I've I would mess with. Mm-hmm. But uh, that from what you were saying, I think that the reason I I picked that one is because it has a story from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um the the genius in that album is it takes you from the first track all the way to the last track on a story of two guys in space mm-hmm. in, in the future. And I think that's dope. Like if there was like everything crashed, there was nothing going on. I think that would be so relevant <laughs> to that time. Yeah. So that's the reason I'd pick it. And obviously the lyricism and how logic spits on that. So that was a curveball. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I, was not expecting I know that. people probably think like a, like a classic, you know, Tupac album or Jay-Z. Um, no, I, I think, I think that's the one I would pick. Yeah. What about you? One album. Yeah. I got to put you, I got to put the, the host on the spot. You know what I'm saying? One album, eh? 
Hmm. I was thinking, I'm like, eh, what album would I keep? Nothing's going on in the face of the world. No title. No well, Spotify. No. You're going to go back to every every single time. I got to ask myself, what album would I constantly go back to? I, I'd probably pick... I'd probably pick... I'd say Watch the Throne. Mm, that's yeah. a good one. I think just because... That is a good one. You get a little bit of... Yeah. A little bit of both. You know, I can't pick one Kanye album. can't pick one Jay-Z album. <laughs> That's a good mix, man. You know what I mean? So it's the best of uh, a few worlds. Yeah. I think that's... That's, all, that's yeah. a really good one. Um, I was I was thinking about... Because I'm looking at your graduation poster. That That's also a really good album. <laughs> Kanye Powerful. West graduation. Powerful. That'd be one that I would listen to a yeah. lot. And that's, uh, and that's one thing that... I loved about Kanye's first three. They were concept albums. Mm. You know, we don't see too many albums based on a concept anymore. Yeah, that's that's why I picked Logics. It was mm. based on an entire concept. Mm. <laughs> Straight storytelling, man. Like, you don't get that. I think story... T- I personally yeah. think storytelling is the highest form of rap. Mm. If you can tell a story in a hip-hop song... Or even in any form of music, a lot of uh, like some of the greatest albums that are even outside of hip hop yeah. are, you know, whole stories. You know, yeah. But if you can do it in a storytelling fashion, um, you know, there's so many like you know, Nip, Nip has done it, Hove, uh, Cole, M. You know, all these guys are storytellers. At the end of the day, it's yeah. hard to tell a story. It is. It is hard in, in, in a cohesive fashion that keeps you on your toes yeah think about some think about when think about when your girlfriend is telling you about her day and you're just not listening <laughs> that's ha- <laughs> that's happened a lot <laughs> no, 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 i ain't going front <laughs> you know it, it might be it might she might just be dragging on one part of the story you yeah. know what i mean yeah it's hard to tell a story just in dialogue 100 so percent. imagine trying to do it in song formation yeah, and having people actually listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I think th- that's why I put J. Cole on my list as as all time is because when I got into hip-hop because of J. Cole, like the inspiration, the trigger was, you know, I went, was going through university, high school, and I was looking to get to the next level in something or latching on to my purpose, trying to find my way in life. And all of J. Cole's mixtapes are mm. all about the grind. Powerful. All about the grind until he makes it, and even even when he made it, he's talking about stories about you know how his how his father beat his mom and like how he was in New York messing with women and his mom's at you know in a different city and he's going through some like emotional times trying to make rap his thing, and it's like, and he makes it in a way where you can relate to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through school and I'm trying to get good grades or like I'm trying to do this hip hop stuff or I'm trying to do some creative outlet and he's hitting on all the chords mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. right? So I think when you can do that, you've you've created something super powerful. Special. Something yeah. really special. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can we expect a, a project soon? Yes, definitely. I'm working on something very, very slowly. Uh, I've taken three or four different routes of like how I want to put it together and some artists that I want to like work with mm-hmm. and, and try to get on the album. Um, I've been building my small studio setup at my place, which is taking longer than I anticipated. Um, but once that's completed and I have all this 
fits together. Yeah, definitely. So. That's awesome. So you're building your own studio space. I got to bring the gym to my house, bro. That's, that's the it. thing. And well, that's one thing that um, has it hasn't has been difficult is especially trying to produce music constantly and try to get it out there is if you don't have a setup for whatever you're doing, um, you're gonna pay either you're gonna pay a lot to outsource it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm one of those guys. I obviously, as being an entrepreneur, being a creative, it's like, how do I find a creative way to to make this happen without having to spend thousands of dollars? Um, so yeah, I'm building that. Hopefully, once that's built, then I will be at my house constantly yeah, on working. In working. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. Hey man, you're investing in yourself, man. Yeah, you know, you're doubling down on yourself. I like love to see it. Uh, any uh, when you said artists that you want to work with you don't got to tell me too much yeah you got to spill the beans yeah uh canadians americans like uh there is uh i'm gonna shout out my my guy rashad mm-hmm. um he's in california he lives in temecula california i think he's he's such a dope artist mm-hmm. um he doesn't post much at all i think he has a couple songs out but i know when i was down there and we were going through some of his stuff just amazing the energy energy and just like it's 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 dope work but he doesn't drop it Mm. um so if he's listening to this man drop your stuff man honestly (laughs) um but i'd love to work with him um there's another artist in san francisco that i connected with when i was in california Uh, he's a singer um i want to work with him um and then there's just some other artists in the city that i think i'd like to explore that aren't in the hip-hop realm they're more singer singers um instrumentalists mm-hmm. people that play like violin and like saxophone purest uh, form of music yeah and i want to like i want to try to collaborate with them somehow or just figure out something but you know with the pandemic it's kind of difficult to put two people together in a room that aren't you know usually together or even being in a studio uh with 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 those people to try to come up with some some dope concepts so that's kind of in the works mm-hmm. um and that's why i think a lot of people just in people that know me and, and and that want they're always telling me when's the album coming out when's the album coming out mm-hmm. and it's like i'm taking my time on it on on purpose as you should um to to create something that people will actually listen to mm-hmm. you know what i mean i don't want to create something that's just like oh look at me i rap oh look at me like i do this that's not what i want to do i want to actually create something that people are like whoa like timeless. I wanna, yeah timeless. timeless and that's the most difficult thing it's hard so it's hard to make something that's timeless because you know What's hot right now is not hot tomorrow. Yeah. But that when something's timeless, it's like you can listen to it over and over and over. Like yeah. Cole, you yeah. know, like like uh, M, you know, Hove, mm. those guys, they make stuff that you can go back to 20 years later. Yeah, you know? 100%. Have you ever anticipated the possibility of having to choose between your business and your craft? No. Do you, what if that day does come? Uh, you know what, man? Um, whether I take my, like, the business full-time or, you know, music full-time, I think either way I'm going to be happy because mm-hmm. if they, if they both fill, fulfill me in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. And they're both art. I feel like mm-hmm. I look at it as, uh, as art. Um, it might come. Um, I feel like... Like I said, I feel like both both ways I would be okay with. Um, obviously, I'm leaning more towards the music side, and I think I think that 
as being an artist and being able to create whatever you want to create, I think that would be the ideal form. Mm -hmm. But if I can get to a point in my business or doing things where I can create without having to worry about the financial backing or paying my bills or paying X, Y, Z. You've won. I've won. Yeah. yeah. So if it's in, in videos and filmmaking and I can create and I can get paid for it and I have an audience or I have this and that, I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. And I'll still do music. I'll still do music for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I'll still, cre I'll still be creating that. That love doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, if I'm doing films I, or, or videos, I'll, st I'll still take it to the highest level and I'll still be happy. So there's a lot of power in that, you know, yeah. because for the longest time we felt like we've had to be defined by one thing, you know, the society has warped us to think that our job or whatever it is that we do defines us. And here comes you doing exactly what you want to do. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not the only one. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. You're there not, are, not there the are, one. there are a lot of examples out there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Do you ever get uh, any nuances of your uh, culture, you know, being Afghan in your music? Yeah, uh, you know, my first song, um, we actually took a sample out of a uh, Iranian song, actually. Really? Yeah. That's powerful. And <laughs> we, we took the sample out of a singer, singer song, mm -hmm. uh, a singer song, and um, took that sample, mashed it into a, a boom bap hip hop song, and then I dropped, I dropped some verses on it and a chorus. Um, and the, the first song was, I think, my most powerful song, even to this day. Um, because it was relating to uh, what's going on in the world. It was called World Injustice. Mm -hmm. So it's like the injustice of the world. So, um, you know, relating it back to my country, relating it back to the people, struggles. Um, I, I feel like that was my most powerful song. I do have other songs like that. But, yeah, I do. I try to take nuances for sure. Um, I don't try to make it the thing. Um, I try to... I try to personally relate and try to get stuff that relates to the general public or people that if, if you listen to it, mm -hmm. you can still relate to it, even though it might be a perspective of my culture. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what's powerful about art is that, you know, we're always going to be a PhD. We have a PhD in our experiences. No one can tell us or invalidate the experiences we've accumulated or seen or whatever it is. So when you sprinkle it in your, in your art, you know, it's it's always true to you, but it might relate to a vast majority of people. Yeah. It's beautiful. It is. It is. And I, I, I really want to get, there are stories that I have, um, you know, my dad, uh, my mom, there's, there's certain things that I want to get out there that I've been waiting to kind of piece together at the right time. I have verses, I have no, notebooks that I have that are just filled with, you know, powerful stories that I think I can, given the right uh, you know, instrumental given the right time, I'm going to put those out there. Um, yeah. So where does, uh, where do your best, your best verses come from? What space are you sitting in that you just take off? You put the pens to the paper and just go uh, for me, it's the toilet, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you mean, uh, like a certain setting? Yeah. Um, when I'm alone, man, mm -hmm. I think when I'm alone, uh, it doesn't really have to be a certain, space per se um when i first started writing it was in the basement you know i my, my room is in the basement of my parents place uh and that was really where i could just close my eyes and figure out what kind of emotion uh mental state i was in emotion current climate 
all that stuff and you put the right instrumental on um, and away you go. Um, and I think my my process is that where I kind of I'll listen to an instrumental that, that I have or multiple instrumentals and then whatever kind of zone I'm in at that time or mood or feeling, if it hits, I'll start, I'll start going off. Mm. And that could be sometimes funky hip hop. That could be boom bap. That could be a love song. That could be whatever, whatever kind of mood I'm in. I don't usually, I don't go in with like a, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to spit about, you know, you know, women, or I'm going to spit about something. Mm -hmm. It's just more like I, I, I figure out, I figure it out in that moment and see what comes. And then there are certain verses that I've written in the past that come in play as well. Mm -hmm. So I'll go back and I'll look through my catalog of verses and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to drop this on this beat because mm -hmm. it aligns so well. And sometimes it's like, yo, I just have, I've have a half a song written Already. that I, that I, <laughs> that I've stored. Mm -hmm. So, um, the process is very free flowing. As it should be. Yeah. That, that's, it's art. Yeah. So You got any advice for people that are on the fence of starting their own thing? Just do it, man. As, uh, as Nike would say, um, advice would be don't overthink, execute more. Um, put yourself out there as much as you can, no matter how embarrassing it is, no matter how shitty your art is or whatever space you are. If you're in the corporate world, put yourself out there. Do something different that your colleagues wouldn't do. If there's an idea you want to bring up to your boss, do it. Mm. You know, I explain. You know, tell tell them where you want to go with the company. You know, um, being more transparent and being more honest, I think, is more appreciated now more than ever. You know, being more authentic. I think that's that's what people are looking for in a in a space where so many people aren't authentic. Mm. You know, that's one of the things that I look at is like why do we connect to our artists so much because they're authentic they're mm. real they're passionate they put their heart on their sleeve and that's why you connect to them so i think in terms of advice and in 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 doing what you want to do um don't overthink it be overly confident in your art um and stick with it have faith have faith that you're gonna you know make an impact in it it might not be now it might not be five years from now um but if you truly love it it's going to be, it, it's, it's some, you're going to make an impact if you really love it and you go through the trenches and you go through the shit. Um, you know, I get a lot of people saying that I have a rapper's voice. Yeah, you do. The, here's the thing. When I started in rap, that I didn't have a rapper's voice. Mm. My, my music was shit. I would post it on Facebook. I'd get one like. Mm -hmm. I thought this was the greatest song ever. I have all these songs that I've hidden and privated on my SoundCloud, on my YouTube, they're garbage compared to what I create now. But had I not put it out there at that time, had I not thought that this was the greatest thing ever, I couldn't get over that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of artists and a lot of people that do things, they keep it to themselves. Yeah. I have, I know many artists here, bro. Oh, bro, oh, yo, you, you know, Cash is, yo, come check, check this song out. This is dope. And I'm like, yo, this is dope. Where is it? Where can I find it on Spotify? I'd love to. No, I, no, it's all good, man. It's in my hard drive. Um, keep it. It's not. I got. I got other stuff that's coming out that's better. What? Why are you keeping this? Mm. You don't know how many people are gonna mess with this. You don't know. You have no idea how how well it's gonna be received. Mm. But you keep it in your hard drive because you think you can do better. And yeah, you you probably can. 
And in six months from now, that song or that art isn't going to be as good as what you're going to create. But it gives you the stepping stones to look back and be like, oh, I made the song of not mixing my vocals properly on this. I made the mistake of not making a proper thumbnail. I made the mistake of not getting a nice camera to, to, to create, you know, this video for. Why, why does this video turn out, turn like crap? Oh, okay. The exposure was too high. Oh, the camera lens, this wasn't the proper camera lens. You start learning, but if you keep it in your hard drive and you don't get feedback from people, you don't, you don't look, look at it and be like, oh, okay, compare, compare this to this. Oh, okay. This is where I went wrong. I got to invest in this. I got to do this. And that's why I go back to my, my voice. People think that I have a great rapper's voice. It's like, I didn't start there. That wasn't, that was, I did not have like, I, people say, oh, you just have the voice. No, man. I've been rapping for the last eight years. That's why I got the voice. Mm. I can do, I can speak well on, on a mic because I've been practicing in the booth. I did a music video actually, uh, last week we shot a music video for my new track and, uh, the one artist that I'm on, he, he, uh, we were shooting this music video. He's the first time he was on set of a music video. And he said, we did the first take. He was so, he was, he was, you know, he was nervous, you know, he was kind of, you know, getting his bearings and I was going off. Like I was, <laughs> you know, I was doing my thing after the first take. He was like, yo, like, oh, like Omid, you got like, you know what you're doing, huh? Like you, it looks like you got your stuff down pat and like you, you're not nervous or anything. I'm like, I'm like, bro, it's because I started in 2013. Mm-hmm. I got in front of a camera in 2013. That's why this isn't, this is, I was like, bro, like you'll get through this. Like you'll, this is, this will be your first one. And you'll look back and be like, whoa, you know, I, that was, that was garbage. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you don't go through that as an artist or a creative or a business person or a, a person who work like you don't put it out there and you don't get through that realm and look at it, you're never going to. So that's the idea as anyone who's trying to create. I think that's the advice I would give them. Just throw it out there. If it's garbage, get embarrassed. Let it be an embarrassment five years from now. Don't put, don't hold yourself back and be like, ah, that's no good. Some of my songs right now, bro, like the, the ones that I have that are, that people mess with, I don't mess with that well. I think <laughs> I, there's certain songs that I'm like, yo, you're, you're sleeping on this one? And you're like, no, man, this is the one. You know, there's some, some, some of the softer songs that I have. People are like, yo, that, that's a really good track. I'm like, bro, that's nothing. That's th- you, you thought that was good, right? So we get caught up in our own head sometimes. Yeah. So it's like it's better to just let it out there and, and, and move on to the next. So That's that, that's that self-talk, right? You know, the, the, which voice are you listening to in your head? Yeah, you know, is it the one that's telling you to just put it out, or is it like, eh? Let's let's do a different one. Yeah, let's let's let's, let's sit on that for a bit. Yeah, you know, for real. Uh, you want to spit something for us? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's that time, huh? It's that time. Sure, uh, I can I can spit something. Um, the damn. So this is the this is the gifted gab raps now. Are we, are we, we, are you gonna bring on some other artists and start doing the funk funk flex or what? <laughs> start rate my bars, the genius. Rate my uh, bars, man. We have to start. Uh, you know, we had Nawali spit some for us. Did he? Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Shout out to Wally, man. He's he's fantastic. Yeah, I love his energy. Freestyle man. is a freestyle game. Uh, he's got it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. You want me to spit? Go for it, man. All right. The mic's yeah. yours. Damn, okay. All right, here we go. 
I've never spit acapella, so this is gonna this is gonna be the first time. So flow deadly, they calling me a terrorist with the rhetoric. Everest on these rappers irreverent, heaven sent, spitting therapist, feeling crazy treacherous with the cleverness, a mesmerist, a mental sick content with it. I'm here to supplement a generation of frustration, a nation filled with admiration for a fun vacation. But what happened to ambition and some motivation? An education for a graduation, not a stand. Stop the blaming you and lame, you should be ashamed with. You play the game to aim for fame, but I put you back where you came. It's Cassius, that's my first name, stage name. So move over, I am coming for my place in the mainframe. Looking kind of dapper, but I be chilling, this don't matter about my business, so I spit it, make sure this shit on camera. Rap sick as Mad Hatter, watch your head in gray matter. Watch the mask scatter as the glass shatter, and I laugh after. Cassius. <laughs> I need the freaking bombs. I need the bombs on the. <laughs> where's the Where's the beat, bro? Where's the beat? How was that? Oh man! You want me to do? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> that was tough. That was hard. Thank Ooh, you, bro. Thank, chills, you, bro. Thank you, bro. Man, that's good, man. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see where you go with the rap. Yeah. I'm excited to see what you do with business. No. You know, I think your your trajectory is. It's a. It's 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 beautiful to see. You know, and I think uh, I'm glad that, you know, Edmonton has guys like you to push the culture forward, you know, so you should give yourself a pat on the back. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you, you know, so much. You're doing a lot for the culture. Keep going. Yeah. Keep pushing. Second floor podcast. Shout out. Q Films Media. Cassius. You guys heard it here first. Let it, let, it, let them know where they can find you. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you guys can find me on all platforms uh, at Cassius, Q-A-S-H-U-S. Um and uh yeah you'll be able to find me on all platforms uh we got the second floor podcast we got q films um yeah we're just having fun and uh, i just want to shout out you man because uh you uh you've been doing some good things uh you know the gifted gab i'm excited to see what you guys do um especially you uh because you're expanding outside of your normal uh creative route i feel like um and uh, i just can't wait to to do more uh, together and just see what um, you know what you what you end up doing. So appreciate you, man. I appreciate yeah. you. I think the next time we have you on, you'll have a project out by then. Hopefully, yeah. You know, yep. and uh, maybe COVID will be over. Get a couple of shows. One hundred percent. Yeah, saying? maybe we do the gifted gab with an audience. Hey, man, a live event. Why gifted not? Gab live <laughs> event. You know, every we try. We working, man. You know, the yep. COVID COVID can't stop us. One hundred percent. Oh man, Cash, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you for coming. You guys know what it is, the gifted gab. And just like that, we gone. <laughs>